Welcome back to the Big Esports Podcast. This is episode number 47 with yours truly. This will be a solo podcast today and I'll be talking about something that's been bubbling behind the scenes for quite some time, which is sales in esports. It sounds like a very general topic and it sounds like something that may not be applicable to you. However, we have dozens of situations and examples of ways that I think this part of the market is extremely underserved and could do with some shakeup. Thanks so much for being a listener of this podcast. We've created it really to help increase information sharing and understanding of the esports market. If you'd like to help us out, feel free to leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you do and make sure to share this with your friends. Hopefully we've been able to provide some fantastic information to you and a bit of a learning experience over this period of time, whether you're looking to skill up, enter the industry, or you're just looking to monitor to see how things are going. If you'd like to put yourself forward as a guest, suggest any others or ask any questions feel free to connect with us at bigesports.gg or on any of the social media platforms at bigesports underscore gg. So I released something on my Instagram just the other day about sales in esports and I kind of didn't want to go on too much of a rant. I thought that it's probably best to turn this into a full podcast, which I'm doing right now for this episode. If you want to look at the show notes or for anything that I talked about today, you can head to bigesports.gg forward slash four seven which is 47, the number, and you can get anything we talked about, any links to myself or see any of our previous podcasts and our awesome guests we've had on. From next week, we will have more guests on. I don't often do these solo ones, but I think for this one, it's a bit more important and I wanted to do a podcast instead of writing it out so I can ad-lib a little bit here. So to really give you an introduction and to pre-phrase here, over the past nine months or so here at Big Esports, we've noticed something really interesting happening in the sales space within esports primarily in regards to sponsorship sales and also a little bit to do with B2B kind of sales, whether you're selling PR services, managed services or influencer campaigns or anything else. And that is we've had an absolute plethora of companies coming to us, asking us to sell referral commission sales for them. So that what they're requesting is for us to go out for them to build their sales deck to sell their sponsorship assets for them at a commission only rate. I'm sure that a lot of people listening to this podcast right now has definitely understood what I'm talking about up until now and also understands the power of a great sales team, no matter what industry you're currently operating in. It's obvious that sales often takes preference in many different companies, whether you're working in consumer enthusiast technology, like I did previously with Thermaltake and Corsair, sales is always number one because if nothing else, they bring in the money and marketing spends the money. That's often the joke internally, but it also has quite a lot of truth to it as well. There are some esports and gaming companies that are doing sales fantastic right now. I mean, take a look at people like Team Liquid and FaZe Clan, for example, with Jeffrey Pabs and his team. If you take a look at them signing so many non-endemic sponsors, they seem to be working with fantastic influencers, signing them on to both creative and long-lasting fantastic campaigns and re-signing on sponsors. They're doing great. However, in one week recently, we here at Big Esports down Little Old Australia had four different esports entities Everything from tier two teams up to publisher-based leagues approach us and ask us for help in selling sponsorship assets at a commission-only service. And while obviously for us, that's great because it means that we're positioned well in the market, that so many companies are coming to us and asking us for help, and we're often the first person that these people reach out to, it's also started to create a bit of a concern and something in the market we think that needs addressing. And We think that here at Big, we might have a solution and we'd like to unpack that a little bit for you and we'd like to propose the changes. So 
Let's take a bit of a focus here on teams. The data says that teams gather 70 to 80% plus of their revenue from sale of sponsorship. In smaller and emerging regions like Australia, that number often goes up to 90% plus. And often what we've noticed is that the sales teams don't have a single sales staff member internally. These teams are also looking to raise capital to grow. And what they're doing with these investment pitches is they're talking to their potential investors and saying the upside for us is that as we scale, we'll sell more sponsorship slots and we'll use that to become a profitable and large business way into the future and develop a lot of their cash flow. However, once again, if you think about it, how are they selling these sponsorship slots without having any sales team, internal or external, to support them? This isn't just happening in Australia. We've been in contact with VCs and other people from all over the world talking about some teams that may have a 15,000 square foot training facility. They might have three full-time teams of five to six players plus a coach. They'll have a full-time salaried chef for making their meals for their organization. They'll have business development staff. They'll have marketing. They'll have social media, content delivery, content generation. However, still yet again, not a single salesperson. And if you look back to the numbers, 70 to 80% of the revenue should be coming from sponsorship sales. How do they expect to capitalize on those when they're using people whose main job is to develop content specifically or grow social specifically or get the kills in a Counter-Strike match or look at the competitors and train up their players? So obviously that starts to identify a bit of a concern and a bit of a gap in the market for us. So what we have been doing here quite a lot is reverse pitching these teams and organizations and saying to them, pay us a retainer, discounted or full, we don't mind, that is rebatable off any commissions that we earn. What that is, is it pays for our time and our energy into a lot of what's happening here. The reason that the commission-only sales don't work most of the time is a lot of it is the effort versus reward. If you think about here in Australia, for example, for this market, is it worth my time as a startup getting one of my employees to spend 50% of their day on developing everything for you as the client? What we're doing is we're not just opening up the book to say, hey, sponsor A, who we've been in contact with in the past, would you like this deck or would you like to see this team or this team? Because they're going to get sick of us pushing to them all the time. Also, these are contacts that we've developed over many, many years. We've massaged these contacts. We've done successful campaigns with them in the past, and they trust us, and they trust our mission, they trust our vision, and they trust our understanding of the market. So when we're being approached, we're having a hard time educating these people and saying to them, look, it's not just us shipping around your deck or asking brand A, B, and C, are they interested? I need to dedicate a whole lot of resources to A, understanding the fundamentals. Where do you position yourself within the market? I need to develop your physical deck, which takes multiple days, which is identifying your sellable assets, identifying the price and helping to set the pricing structure. What brands do you currently have? How are there any non-compete clauses? What tournaments do you have coming up? And then developing the literal physicality of the deck, doing the graphics design, developing over that a series of time. Not only is this a time commitment for us to be part of that, but also it's a massive IP commitment for us. Because we have the knowledge now in the market after working with so many different parties and having myself and my staff being involved in different regions in understanding how to price your proper structure, understanding what the companies are looking for. For example, if you're pitching a company like Intel in Australia or you're pitching a company like NVIDIA or AMD, all three are actually looking for completely separate types of pitches. Sure, they're looking for the basics of what do we pay, what do we get. However, here in Australia, you need to understand who AMD reports to. You need to understand that they work primarily through a PR agency here. You need to understand what the motives are for that PR agency. 
Similar with NVIDIA. Understand that most things they don't do directly here in Australia. Understand they do it through their add-in board partners. So that means you also they need to have a contact for Gigabyte or MSI, ASUS, etc. So what I'm trying to say here is not that everybody's business model is fundamentally wrong. However, I think there's a massive gap opening here in the market for these sponsorship companies to work with them. A lot of the reason why I'm pitching the retainer is also because of the fact that, like I said, you're paying for the effort of this company. It's hard for me to allocate one of my staff members 50% worth of six months of work of their time to develop everything, to give up a lot of our IP for this brand or client, potential client that's all 100% free for them, develop their deck, help to price their structure, ship it around for a potential upside of a $100,000 contract at a 20% commission for us. It financially doesn't make absolute sense. So if you're thinking about it, a lot of what it is, is the retainer is paying for my time to be able to employ my staff member to be able to develop this over a period of time. What we're doing is we're saying to these brands, you're able to rebate or get a rebate of this off any of the upside as well. So if we sell $20,000 in sponsorship and you've paid us $18,000 in retainer, well, that comes out with a $2,000 upside for us after the end of that. And it creates so much more sustainability in the market. If you think about a specific example of some companies, I've seen companies within esports that have 20 to 30 employees and not a single sales staff member, and they're claiming that they're going to get anywhere from 10 to 40% of their incoming revenue purely off sponsorship sales. And then they're coming to people like us and some of my other contacts in the market asking us to go and ship it around and sell it for free. However, my rebuttal to that is, why are you expecting people like us and others within the market with these contacts to do the work for free that you would pay someone sixty to $80,000 salary a year to go and develop plus a small upside on commission? So I think there are a few different ways that you could work with an out-of-home sales company, whether it's us or whether there's others that you're looking to work with. This is not an absolute uncommon thing in traditional markets, but it is an uncommon thing so far within esports. I'd say that number one, you could work with them like a PR agency. There's so many companies that outsource 100% of their PR to an agency to compete or to complete. Number two, you could work together with a sales agency and your sales team internally. You could function together as one. Once again, within PR, a lot of companies do this. Number three, what you could do is you could use an external agency. You could use their transfer of IP, pay them a retainer and training to train up your internal sales team over that period of time. Because if thinking about it, if you're using a consultant for the market, let's say that there's someone who's just left Gfinity, for example, because they've shut down here and worked in sales. They'd be a fantastic person to use because if they've worked with Gfinity in the past, they've already signed non-endemic sponsors. They've already worked with people like Alienware and Logitech and the V8 Supercars. They've already got publisher contacts. So they're going to be way ahead of any internal person that you're likely to hire, whether they're coming from esports or traditional markets. This means that you can use them over that period of time, pay them for their transfer of IP as a consultant and a hands-on consultant over a select period of time to train your internal team. And then they can leave at the end. That's perfectly fine. They understand that. They've been paid as a consultant. You get the upside of getting that knowledge and then having an internal sales team to be able to take things on over the end. Recapping a lot of what I talked about today is I think that within this sales cycle, there's a few different things that need to happen here. A, a lot of these companies that are looking to make anywhere from 20 to 90% revenue from sponsorship sales need to get much more serious about their sales staff and about developing a sales team internal or external. 
Number two, I think that a lot of these companies shouldn't be scared, even as a startup, to pay retainers or consultancy fees for people to work with them, either a limited amount of time or over a set longer period of time or an ongoing contract. And number three, I think that we all need to develop what we're doing together. There's so much more to sales than just shipping around the deck and then just reaching out to your email contacts, closing it and moving on. There's everything from developing what you're selling, how much it costs, doing the content over the series of time, signing the contracts and negotiation to actually fulfilling what's happening over a long period of time and then doing the reporting, accountability and then re-signing process. I know that some people aren't going to agree with this for sure and I know definitely that there are some esports organizations and teams not only in Australia but abroad that are doing fantastic jobs in the sales market and a few of those have already identified before. However, we have seen literally dozens of examples of exactly what I've talked about here today about people that need to really have a think about their sales process. Sales isn't always easy. We've understood that a lot here at Big Esports. We've been working a lot on our internal sales strategy. We've been employing consultants and people to help us internally to push that. But I think it's a massive gap in the market. If you're listening to this podcast as an esports startup or an esports founder, I would really urge you take a look at your sales process and understand what's happening. Can it be better? If you're outside of the market and you're an absolute gung-ho, fantastic salesperson, This is the perfect opportunity for you to enter into the market and to get some massive sales going on. And if you're looking at your first ever entry into the market, if you're not scared to cold call people, you're not scared to cold LinkedIn, for us at Big Esports, that's been a fantastic way. Our first set of investment was a LinkedIn cold call. My first ever large client, Ovo Mobile, that was a cold LinkedIn. My my second ever education client, Blue Mouth Interactive, for a day worth of education, once again, a LinkedIn cold call or cold message. We've had so much success in that area. So if you're confident enough to be either number one, two or three of what I talked about today, there is a fantastic gap in the market. I think you should go and grab now. Obviously, this has been a much shorter podcast here today for us, but I think this is a very important topic that needed to be covered over this you know, kind of short period of time here. Like I said, we will be going back into normal podcasts after this quite soon, but I think this is a a really fundamental lack in the esports market right now that people need to be looking into the sales aspect. I think that part of that is due to people really being focused in this market on what's coming next in marketing and not so much in the sales side. That's 100% understandable. I've been uh, going through exactly the same thing in the past through my development as a founder and working in the esports space. And also, I think sometimes it's people are a bit wary of it because it's very hard. Um, the sales part of the market is quite infant on both sides, not only the supply, but also the demand. Thinking about non-endemic companies that have been slow and mature to come into the market. And I feel like a lot of people within esports right now are the founders that have come from the grassroots and they haven't necessarily done those sales before. There's a lot of non-endemic companies and people outside of the market who are fantastic at sales that haven't yet gone through their education training and then entered into the market and they could help us a whole lot. So if you're a senior salesperson out there, you're looking at a gap to get into, into the esports market, now is your time to strike. Here at Big Esports, we're obviously definitely very interested in talking to some companies about selling their assets. There are some tier one organizations globally who we are considering doing commission only sales with, and that's because they've already developed so much of that pipeline that I was talking about before. They've already understand what our IP around how to price, having their contacts, having their decks, et cetera, built. 
And there are some more junior companies and startups who are working with on a retainer type basis to really work alongside them for a set period of time to help them grow and to help their revenue soar. So if you'd like to get in touch with us to do any of that, you can reach out to me personally, chris at bigesports.gg. You can find me at Smithy Mayo on any of the social media platforms or on LinkedIn forward slash Smithy Mayo as well. I'm definitely happy to have a chat. Thanks for tuning in to the Big Esports podcast number 47. Obviously, this one has been quite different compared to the others, but I think it should stir a bit of interesting conversation and hopefully it gets a few people thinking. I don't want it to seem too much like a negative podcast or too much like it's trying to be a sales pitch directly for us, to be honest. Anything that happens in esports that positive benefits all of us. If you look at one brand in automotive that moved into the space, whether it was Mercedes or BMW, all of the brands followed. So if anybody's able to capitalize on anything I've said today, develop a proper sales strategy, bring some new brands into the space, we all absolutely benefit. Thanks for listening. And once again, if you would like to look at any of the show notes today, see anything we've talked about or the links, you can head to bigesports.gg forward slash 47. That's the number four seven. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Thanks for tuning into our podcast today. For show notes, relevant links and upcoming projects, you can check us out online at bigesports.gg or follow us on our social medias at bigesports underscore gg. 